You know, it's, it's funny because, because uh, I started this series, and, and, uh, and it's called The Best Christmas Ever. And week one was, uh, was what we're doing is we're taking Christmas movies, and we're just, kind of, we're just kind of deconstructing what you see in Christmas movies, and how does it apply to your walk with God, and, and how, does this, how does this help you to have the best Christmas ever? And so week one, we did the, the movie It's a Wonderful Life, and, uh, and, and we talked about when you, when you are going through disappointments in life, a lot like what Angela just talked about, what, how do you view those disappointments? Do you view God through the lens of all your disappointments, or do you view your disappointments through the lens of a God who can do anything? Really, all in how you look at it. So they could have been like, man, this is horrible. We're, you know, all, they could have just done nothing. But, and there was probably moments where you probably landed on that for a minute or two. But you turn it upside down and you start thanking God for what he's already done, even when you haven't seen it yet. And God does some amazing things. And so that really kind of bears witness with, with how, how are you viewing life's disappointments? Are you viewing God through the lens of those disappointments? Are you viewing those disappointments through the lens of God? Changes everything how you look at it. And, uh, and that was, uh, it's a wonderful life. Uh, and because this is the last time I'm going to get to do this for at least a year, I, I think it was a it's a wonderful life it was a great movie everybody's so okay i'm done yeah <laughs> it's a good it's a good impression leave me alone the next one was uh was jingle all the way you got turbo man over here we talked about we talked about dealing with guilt and how guilt especially for a parent this time of year is is the struggles real amen and uh, so we talked about shedding your guilt and and learning that your family all they really wanted was you to begin with and uh and so how do you how do you give you give of yourself you give your time you give your energy you give your resources you give yourself and you share your savior you create a legacy within your children that not only that goes from just being your god to their god and their children's god as well amen last week pastor aaron Hit hard the movie Home Alone. That's the hanging buckets. I don't know if you're catching the theme here. We're adding a little bit from each movie. And uh, Pastor Aaron talked about the importance of making sure you don't get isolated. And then realizing that God gave you authority to defend this gospel. And it's our job. We've been letting too much go as followers of Jesus. our job to defend this gospel, especially in a time like this. And so maybe, just maybe, we need to stop thinking about the, the attack and the isolation and start getting ourselves prepared for what God has in store for us. And that was the big thing. And, I, and, and today it will tie in a little bit into that as well, that I believe that God is on the verge of something big, and so does he, and it's just something that we've, we've been uh, just seeing for a long time, feeling in our spirit. So the last one, how do you have the best Christmas ever? And, uh, and so today we're going to hit hard the movie Santa Claus. You guys like our sleigh? It is, yeah, well, we're waiting for the reindeer to get here. Hey, listen, after service, you are welcome to bring your kids up. Let them get the picture in the sleigh because, I mean, you know, we rented it for you guys to be able to do that. And uh, every parent loves a good photo op, right? And, uh, and if you want to throw your grown husband in there, take a picture of him too. I welcome that. He doesn't, but I do. So the story of Santa Claus, how many of you have ever seen the movie Santa Claus, the Santa Claus with uh, Tim Allen? How many of you have not seen it? Put your hand in the air if you have not seen it. Are you kidding me? There are still people that haven't seen these things. Okay, that's not your hand, Jordan. That's the sheltered guy beside you. Okay, and Deb, you've not seen it? Man, come on, people. Next year, I'm just going to host 
Christmas movie watching here, one a week, right? So the story of the Santa Claus, you have a guy, and his name is Scott Calvin, SC. And he's kind of one of those dads that, that he's, he's divorced, and he's always put his career first, right? Even, 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 ahead, of his, even ahead of his son. He's got a little boy named Charlie, and, um, and Charlie has to come over to his house for Christmas, and he is just not excited about that. But while, while Charlie is at Scott's house, Santa shows up, and some crazy things happen. Now, let me just do a disclaimer. I'm not going to do that disclaimer. Never mind. Uh, our theology is about Jesus. It's not about Santa Claus. We all get that, right? But you can find, you can find how to be a better follower of Jesus in, in all these movies. Okay? So don't get all religious on me. If you do, I'll send Reverend L to you with a stick. All right? So what can we learn about the life of Scott Calvin that applies to our walk with Jesus? Well, here you go. Let's look at the first clip. So here's the first clip. Check it out. Charlie, do you know how to call 911? Sure, 911. Yeah, great. Stay there. Hey, you! What's up? Stay where you are. Charlie, would you listen to me? Stay up there. He's Santa. You killed him. Did not. And he's not Santa. Well, he was. He's got some ID on him, I bet. Fella, if you can hear me, I'm just looking for your identification. Once you figure out who you are, I'll, I'll give you a lift back to the mall. If something should happen to me, put on my suit. The reindeer will know what to do. So, Santa Claus. Scott goes out, gets Santa's attention, he falls, and his kid, yeah. Have you, have you ever been put on a guilt trip by your kid before? That would be the mother of all guilt trips. You just killed Santa Claus! This clip shows a pretty intense moment. In fact, this whole entire journey begins because of a tragic turn of events where, where somebody passes away because they fall off of somebody else's roof, Right? And what I've learned is in this life, opportunity usually introduces itself in the form of a desperate situation, right? Opportunity usually oper uh, introduces itself in the form of a desperate situation. If you think, I love what I've seen in 2020 from, from businesses, especially local businesses, the, the creativity that, yeah, I can't have people into my business right now because of all the things going on, but I can come to you, or I can do this, or I can do that. And the moment where you have hard, unforeseen, unforeseen circumstances, creativity and, and opportunity just flows out of that. Amen? And so that's what we see here. We see this moment where this thing happens and an opportunity arises. Same is true for us in this life right now. In fact, if you look in the book of Romans, you see chapter 13, verse 11. I'm going to read a bunch of it, but I'm going to start with verse 11. We're going we're to stop there. It says this. Tell me if this doesn't sound like today to you. 
and do this, knowing the time. Remember that, knowing the time. That now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. I got to tell you, when I first gave my life to the Lord and they told me that Jesus was coming back, man, I, 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 just, I actually told people, I, I said, you know, I just can't envision that that happens anytime soon. It just doesn't feel close, right? And people have been trying to predict this for years. When's he coming back? When's it happen? I know there's, there's, there's probably a, a lot of discussion about that. But guys, if it doesn't look like the end of the book now, what else has to happen? Have you guys seen the, the Match.com commercial? I think it's absolutely hilarious because it's pretty close where Satan and 2020 fall head over heels in love with one another. Oh my goodness, it's, it's pretty accurate. If we have never looked more like the end of the book than now, when will we look more like the end of the book? And for us right now, we are in this time where God is calling us by name. And if you don't feel like we're near the end, I can tell you how we're near the end. Are you ready? Here's how I know we're close to the end of the book. The Browns are playing for an 11-win season today. Get your affairs in order. Jesus will be here before the Super Bowl. Wouldn't it be the most brown thing ever for the Browns to win a Super Bowl when nobody's allowed to go to it? Tell me that's not the most Browns thing ever. You, I'm right, aren't I right? So we're in this hour, we're in this time, and just like Scott was thrust into this moment, so too we're thrust into this moment. Look, everybody wants life to be hunky-dory. The fact that we're living in a fallen world just kind of shoots that in the foot right out of the gate. You can get mad at Adam and Eve because they got, they got it wrong, but I promise you, if everybody in the history of the world would have gotten it right until you, you or I would have screwed it up. Right? Am I the only one who has confidence that I would blow it? Okay. You have confidence I would blow it? Walked right into that one. So just like Scotty's thrust into this situation, now the body of Christ is as well. And the truth is there has to be a response. So let's look at Scott's response to this, and then we'll talk about ours. Nice coat. How do I look? Nice? You've got sash. You're right. This completes the ensemble. All right. Got my boots. Now I've got the suit on. How am I supposed to know what to leave? Maybe there's a list. A list? How silly of me. Of course there's a list. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. Whoa. It's okay, I'm used to it. I lived through the 60s. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
Claus. Ah. Did you or did you not read the card? Yeah, I read the card. Then you're the new Santa. In putting on the hat and jacket, you accepted the contract. What contract? The card in the Santa suit. You said you read it, right? So when you put on the suit, he fell subject to the Santa Claus. Here. The Santa Claus? Oh, you mean the guy that fell off my roof? No, no, no. Not Santa Claus the person. Santa Claus the clause. What? You're a businessman, right? Yeah. Okay. A clause as in the last line of a contract. You got the card? Okay, look. The Santa Claus. And putting on the suit and entering the sleigh, the wearer waves any and all rights to any previous identity, real or implied, and fully accepts the duties and responsibilities of Santa Claus in perpetuity until such time that wearer becomes unable to do so by either accident or design. What does that mean? It means you put on the suit, you're the big guy. So, the card says, if something should happen to me, put this on, the reindeer will know what to do. Scott decides he's going to put the jacket on, he puts the jacket on, and now he is thrust head first into the role of Santa Claus. Now, some of us would fit that role right away sooner than others. Some of you, I could, you couldn't pass for a Santa Claus. Wes's beard, diet white, get him some, get him some carbohydrates, maybe. You know what I mean? Uh, my dad was a, um, my dad took his second job as a, a, a pizza deliverer one year uh, during Christmas just to make some extra money. And how many of you guys have seen my dad before? Big dude, looked like a biker, big white beard, big old belly. And, uh, and he shows up at this kid's doorstep and this kid and his dad answer the door and my dad's got their pizza and the guy says to, to his son, he goes, look son, times are so bad even Santa got a second job. <laughs> My dad was not happy with that guy because it about made the kid cry. But So here he is. He's thrown into this moment. And as you see, he's reading the claws around the card. Now there are expectations. And he even begins right away to operate in the role of Santa Claus. He puts on the coat and he becomes that. Right? Make sense? So we all have to respond. And I want to show you how God calls us to respond to our moment. Verses 12 through 14 of Romans chapter 13, what we just read. Here's the rest of it. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Check this out. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and in lust, not in strife and envy. Check this out. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Guys, I want you to understand something. This right here that was just read, this right here that was just expressed, this, this challenge, this is the only response the church of Jesus Christ can have. And everything going on, and all the things we're facing, the only response we can have is to put on Jesus Christ. We can throw off the lust of the flesh, throw off darkness, cast off all the things that used to set us back from Him, and put on Christ. Almost like that coat that Scott put on, right? Check this out. Putting on Christ places an expectation on us as well as an expectation for us. This is big. This is absolutely huge. Putting on Christ places an expectation on us as well as an expectation for us. So what does that mean? The expectation on us, what does that look like? Listen, if you think that being a follower of Jesus is only grace, 
you're missing it. The fact of the matter is, and we talked about this a while back, that what Jesus did on the cross was a free gift, but it was not cheap. He, he laid himself on that cross for us, and he gave himself up as a, for us for, as a ransom for all of us. But now there's an expectation on us. We think, oh, okay, I've got his grace. That's not it. There's more. And so God requires us to begin to live like someone who has received grace. Not to receive grace, but because you've received that grace. Amen? This is why we live this life. And so the expectation on us is that we would shed the work of the enemy, that we would shed the work of darkness, that we would remove from our life sin. And look, look, at, the, look at the words that he says. Let us walk properly as a day, not in revelry and drunkenness. Yes, drunkenness is sin. I don't care what churches are telling people it's not anymore. It still is. It's still in the Bible. Don't even get me started. Not in lewdness, not in lust, not in stri- strife and envy. Those are, that's, yeah, that's stuff you've got to get rid of as well. The great news is, is that God, God works. And I, my, my first time ever preaching in this room, there was a wall here. And I remember preaching about how God changes us both instantaneously and progressively. That's an instant work, but it's also one that's a refining work over time. God doesn't expect you to get it all together just because you put the coat on. Right? It's a process. It's a process where God just continually buffs off those rough edges of envy, strife, lewdness, lustfulness. These are battles that some of us fight, maybe even our entire life. But we're still supposed to fight. There's an expectation on us that we shed these things. But the great news is, is when you put on Christ, there's not only an expectation on us, but there's an expectation for us. To me, that's the greatest news you could possibly have. There's an expectation on us. Yes, I have to, I have to walk in that. But there's an expectation for us. We get to experience heaven. We get to experience His presence here. We get to, be, we get to experience His Holy Spirit moving in our life Today, that's not something we have to wait for. We get to be used by him to change the landscape of the world around us. We get to be used by him to make a dent in this world for Jesus. I can't wait for this Madison branch to open up because there are people that you went to high school with that I believe are going to walk through the door and they're going to see Pastor Aaron Rose not as the guy they played football with but as a man of God who's delivering a life-changing word. I can't wait for you to experience it. Because when God calls us, he calls us by name, and he calls us to do these things, and then we get to change the lives of the world around us. God, check this out. When we put on Christ, we become heirs with Christ. Right? And check this out. God saved us for so much more than he saved us from. Did you hear that? That's good stuff. God saved us for so much more than he saved us from. The greatest days of our lives aren't behind us because we've received Christ and now we're just waiting for the rapture or waiting to kick that bucket. Luckily, they're all up there and there's no way any of us are getting those, right? The fact of the matter is, 
is that God didn't just save us from a bunch of stuff, and God did save us from a bunch of stuff, but he saved us for a bunch of stuff. Amazing things that God wants to do in you and through you. And that is why in the middle of times like this, every day of our life, we put on Christ. We put, it, we put on Christ for that first time to proclaim that I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. But every day we wake up and we proclaim that we're going to be the follower of Jesus. We, we put on Christ. It's an, it's an everyday, moment-by-moment decision. Not just a one-time thing. Amen? Yeah. When you do that, just like the, that, that moment for Scott Calvin paved the way for a movement in his life, this moment paves the way for a movement in ours. When we decide to put on Christ, something amazing happens. And check this out. The change is recognizable. The change is easily recognizable. Let's look at clip three. First of all, before I really preach about that, I just want to apologize to you guys that you guys had to do, see that, kind of go through that. Can't believe I put soccer on the screen. <laughs> I just want to say I'm sorry, and I'm going to do my best to make sure that never happens again. <laughs> this is my public apology to you. The never, yeah, you heard me. You heard me. <laughs> He's, them's fighting words to him, and he boxes. He's going to be way quicker than me, but I'll just lay on him. Right? <laughs> Yep, that works. It works. I love that moment. So, so here's Scott. He's thrust into this situation. He sees these words on a card. He puts the coat on. He becomes Santa Claus. He doesn't want to. Ready or not, here it is, right? And now he is the guy. Now he's sucking down through, through chimneys and, and drinking, drinking milk and eating cookies and, and delivering presents. And this is not who he ever planned on being, but here he is. And the change is recognizable. Like, if you watch the movie, you would actually see him gaining weight day by day. It's, well, you don't have to watch the movie. You can just... How's the holidays been for you? You know what I mean? Maybe you're living your own there. I don't know. Holidays are rough. People just hand you cookies. It's the only time of year where people are like, hey, I made seven dozen cookies here. Enjoy these. And what do you do? Say No. Wes is like, yes, you say no. He says that until my wife brings him cheesecake today. He'll say yes to that. So Scott puts this thing on, and he's just watching his son play soccer, which I've got issues with. Why would you do that to that boy? Anyway, 
He's watching his son play soccer, and this little girl comes, and she, 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 she starts inching closer to him. I've dealt with this at the park when I'm watching something. I'm at the park sitting there, and all these ladies walk up and start getting, trying. I'm like, look. Sorry. <laughs> it did too, didn't it? True story. Somebody saw a picture of me with him and asked if I was single. So there it is. I'm like... She's like, because my grandma would love him. <laughs> so she, <laughs> she, sees, she, she sees him, and she taps him on the shoulder. He turns around, she climbs into her lap. And you know what? Here's the cool thing. You didn't see mom say, hey, that's Santa Claus. She automatically saw the transformation, right? Nobody had to proclaim to her, Santa Claus is over there. She saw it. She saw the change. And she knew. And that's how God works in our life. When we decide to put Christ on daily, the transformation has already begun. And people can recognize it within you. Nobody has to point out that Rick Speckert is a man of God. People just walk up to you and they know you because they've met you. They know that you're a man of God. They don't, you don't have to be pointed out. You don't have to have people proclaim who you are because your life proclaims who Jesus is. I had this moment that happened. It was really cool. And uh, my, my field training officer when I was at the jail, his nickname was Tank. I have a, a snowboarding story with him and I that someday I will tell you if I've not told you yet. It is, it's a doozy, but today's not that day. Tank uh, was my training officer, and I came into the county jail and, uh, and to work there, not live there, because some of you don't know. And uh, I always got to make that proclamation because people don't know, and I do have the face of an ex-con. So... Um, it is what it is, uh, or a current con. So, so he trained me for like six months on third shift, and I was I was an idiot. I was 19 years old. I you know, I was just a moron, but whatever. And um, and so I trained with him, and then I went off to first shift, and this was also the time, Reverend L, where I started spending time with you, and Bradshaw and Dustin. This is about the time where I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. This was a time that was foundational in my walk with God. I mean, it really built who I was, right? About a year later, I end up back on third shift, and Tank is on third shift. And we're outside talking, and I can't remember what we're talking about, but it was, it was about the Lord, because that was about all I talked about. I'm so passionate. And he looked at me, and he said something, and it blew my mind, and, and I only tell you because it's glory to him, not me. He said, there is such a difference in you from when you were first on this shift with me. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, no, dude. I, he goes, I knew you loved God then, but, but there's, he's like, you, it's like you have this glow around you now. I'm like, well, I'm fat and sweaty and his lights are out here. He's like, well, no, yeah, but no, also, there's like this glow. And the only thing I could figure out was that I had been spending more time in the presence of God. I had been filled with the Holy Spirit and that there was a transformation that was visibly visibly available to him, right? When you put on Christ, there's a transformation. There's a change. And people will recognize it. People will look at you and they will see something different. Somebody who has known you their entire life will walk up to you and say, there's something different about you now. You don't have to point it out. You don't have to proclaim it. You don't have to walk up and be like, hey, I don't know if you noticed or not, but I've been spending a lot more time with Jesus lately. You don't have to do that. In fact, don't do that. 
The Holy Spirit will do the talking and people will see it. In fact, you see it in Scripture. This is in the middle. This is Acts chapter 4. In the middle of the explosion of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is two chapters after the day of Pentecost. Two chapters. Not very long after. The Holy Spirit comes in and like a mighty rushing wave and like a like like a like, like tongues of fire fall upon all these people, and, and Peter gets out, and he puts the entire, the entire group on blast and says, this Jesus who you crucified is, is risen, and he's Lord, and you need to get your life right. And that started the early Christian church, right? Andrew, you can play something back there nice and low. That'd be great. This is the moment, right? It's in the middle of all this, and people are starting to talk about Peter, James, and John, and all these different apostles. And when we preach about them, we preach about them in a positive light, but but guys, you got to understand, these people had a past just like me and you. James and John had the nickname what? Sons of Thunder. Why? Because they had a fiery anger problem. And they would be the ones to say, hey, Jesus, I know that you can heal people, but you can also cause an asteroid, right? Look at that group of people. Am I right? Peter rebuked Jesus. You don't do that, Peter. You don't rebuke Jesus. Jesus actually looked at Peter, and Peter made a proclamation that Jesus was the Son of God, the Messiah. And he said, I, you, are, you are a rock, Peter, and I'm going to build my church on your proclamation, right? 30 seconds later, Peter tries to tell him, you're not going to be crucified, and he calls him what? Satan! He says, get behind me, Satan! These are the people we're talking about. They were amazing. However, they still had a past just like you and I. People saw the, the, these, these men in the middle of the street and living the way that they were living. And here's what it says in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. One of the most amazing things. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. And the cool thing is I'd never heard this before. I was talking with Pastor Aaron about this the other day. And he said if you look in the translation, it actually says, it says the equivalent of idiots and morons. That's where the, our, our English words come from, that moment right there. And so it says that they were uneducated and untrained men, people who were considered idiots and morons. Check this out. And they marveled. Why? Because they realized they had been with Jesus. Friends, you can say whatever you want about me. I'm loud. Yes, I know. I make movie references all the time. I know, I'm sorry. I, I do all kinds of crazy, weird things. But if, but if at the end of the day you can look at me and you can tell that I've been with Jesus, that's more than enough. Amen. Right? I don't know about you, but I want the world around me to look at me and say, I can tell beyond the shadow of a doubt, he's been with Jesus. He's been with Jesus. Because when people can look at you and they can see within you the change in your DNA, because you have been with Jesus, the world around you will begin to change. The people around you will begin to want what it is that you have because they can tell you have been with Jesus. And when you put on Christ, you put on his righteousness, you put on his holiness, you put on his name, and the world will know that there has been a change within you and it's been a real concrete change that is long-lasting, life-changing, earth-shaking, and that you've been with Jesus. Go ahead and stand to your feet. 
This is who God calls us to be, my friends. This is what God has in store for us. So you ask me, how do you have the best Christmas ever? I think this is it. Look at life's disappointments through the lens of an amazing, miracle-birthing God. Shed your guilt, give yourself, share your Savior. Don't allow yourself to be isolated, but rather prepare, prepare yourself for what God has in store. Put on Christ. Every day put on Christ. Allow Him to change the very fiber of your being because He has saved you for so much more than He has saved you from. And when you have put on Christ, the world around you will see it. They won't want more of you. They won't want more of you. They'll want more of Him. And they'll say, that person's been with Jesus. There's something different there. We cast off envy and lust and strife. We cast off the drama. Dear Lord, let's cast off the drama. Let's put on Christ. And let's proclaim to the world, I don't know much of anything, but I know Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and that's about all I need to know. This is how we have the best Christmas ever. You apply these things, this equals out to an amazing life. View your disappointments through the lens of an amazing God. Shed your guilt. Give yourself. Share your Savior. Don't get isolated. Surround yourself with other believers because great things are ahead. And put on Christ daily because he has saved you for so much more than he saved you from. This is how we have the best Christmas ever. It's not about gifts. Amen. It's not about presents, although I did just get a griddle, and I'm going to be doing some hibachi. It's going to be awesome, but it's not about that, but it doesn't hurt, right? It's not about the gifts. It's not about the presents. It is about the peace that comes from him when you are living your life in such a way that he is pleased with. Amen? Maybe you're here today, and you're not living your life in such a way that he could be pleased with. Guess what? It's time for a change. There's always a moment where you can put on Christ. There's always that opportunity until you're breathing your last breath. The chance to become more like him is always readily available. If you're ever wondering, is God willing to forgive me? Always. He always wants to forgive you. Always. Always, always. It's us that holds ourselves back from that. It's never him. So if you're here today and you're not living right, you're here today and you're not walking in these things. You're not putting on Christ. Today's the day to change it. Just so that everybody has a moment to reflect on themselves. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. What do you think about the life you're living right now? Do you put Christ on daily? Is he living in your life? Is the change and transformation recognizable? If the answer to that question is absolutely, then you keep doing what you're doing. Press in, press in, press in, because you've been saved for so much more than you've been saved from. But if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not living a life where you've put on Christ and you've cast off the other junk, then, my friends, it's time for a change. It's time for a change. 
Because the way that you're doing it right now, it may seem fun for a moment, but it's not sustainable. Sooner or later, misery will set in. It's time for a change. So if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, or you've never put on Christ, or you knew him and you walked away, and it's time to come back, I want to pray for you right where you're at. Will you put your hand in the air? Let me see that you're there. Will you see? Okay, I see you. Anybody else? Come on, now's your time to make that proclamation. Anybody else? The word is very clear that, that if I confess my sin, he is faithful and he is just to forgive me of my sin, cleanse me from all unrighteousness. That's what God does. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray a blessing over you guys. If you need to get to the altar and spend some time at the altar, by all means, let's spend some time at the altar. But let's put on Christ because he saved us for so much more than he saved us from. Amen. Father God, I just pray for each and every person and for the ones who raised their hand or even the ones who were afraid to raise their hand, Lord. I pray right now your word says that if we confess our sin, you are faithful and you are just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That if we, if we confess to the world that you are who you say you are, that you will save us from the life that we're living. And so Lord, here we are, God. I pray that we would proclaim to the world around us that you are who you say you are. And Father God, let each and every one of us view life's disappointments through the lens of an amazing God. Lord, let us shed our guilt. Let us give ourselves and share our Savior. Let us not get isolated, but yet prepare us for what's in store. I pray that we put on Christ and that we walk in Him in everything that we think, say, and do. And the people would look at us and be able to say, that man, that woman has been with Jesus because you have saved us for so much more than you have saved us from. And we want to walk in that. Lord, I pray that this year, in the middle of all the things that have happened, we can point to all the things that have gone wrong. I pray that we be able to point to these things that have gone right. That we've made these proclamations and we're living this life. Lord, do a work in each and every one of us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Crank up the music. If you want to get to the altar, get to the altar. If you got to go, you got to go. But go have the best Christmas ever. God bless you guys. 